Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 40th episode of the Pulling Tar Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. My Facebook account was hacked and I still have been locked out of it. And I'm not sure when I'll be able to access it again. So I apologize if you rely on that link I post on Facebook. All the more reason to subscribe. I'd like to welcome on a special guest, Sam Fisher. Sam is the assistant general manager for the Asheville Taurus Class A affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. Can't wait to chat with Sam Fisher right after this break. Welcome on to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, Sam. Minor League Baseball is the land of other duties as assigned. How has that really come to life for you this year, especially? Oh, gosh. I feel like March 16th, my job just like expanded into a hundred things that I've not even uncovered yet. Right. Um, the other day I was like walking down the concourse and I was like, I was blowing it with a leaf blower, which I learned how to turn on just a couple months ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, and gosh, in a, in a million ways, you know, we're all, I think a little bit, I wouldn't say out of our comfort zone because I think people that work in minor league baseball are willing to just to do just about anything. Sure. We're certainly, uh, our job roles are certainly being expanded right now. So anything from stadium operations to, um, to grounds crew, to, um, trash Holloway. I am, I'm your, your go-to girl these days. All right. All right. Yeah. That takes me back to the days of writing a press release after, after a game, after I was the PA announcer the whole game and then posting it on the website and then going out and stocking the concession stands and, and sweeping the, sweeping the, um, the stadium down and all that. So goodness. I don't miss that at all, but, um, <laughs> yeah, do... there's, there's certainly days where, um, you know, a little like, what am, what are we doing here? <laughs> right, right, right. But, but there's a greater, there's a greater goal and, um, absolutely a long-term goal at this point. Absolutely. Um, I, and we can cut this out if you want, but, I don't know, kind of, I haven't heard Asheville on any of the talks of, um, you know, losing their affiliation or whatnot. It, it might yeah. seem realistic that they might have a new affiliation. Um, yeah, and I'm not, I, I don't really want to speak to anything too sure. definitively. Um, we, as far as I know and everything I've heard, we will still be an affiliated team um, with who that affiliation is with. I don't know. I, I personally don't think it's going to be the Rockies. Right. Because from what I've heard, every major league baseball team got the opportunity to decide, you know, like one or two, basically a wish list to keep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And with the Rockies being basically a West Coast team, I'm, I'm thinking they, you know, probably chose Albuquerque. And sure, sure. That's okay. Like, no hard feelings there, you know? Right. Yeah, it's, uh, things are definitely going to look a lot different. That's yeah. That's for sure. Did, so, you, did you see the, the Yankees? I uh, did. That kind of that kind of blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. Um, we got a team that was indie ball that's going to be a double A affiliate. I, I it's hard to believe that they kind of just told Staten Island to to, to go take rocks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Trenton as well. Um, mm. But hey, and then also they got rid of their South Atlantic League affiliate too. Yeah, Charleston. Yeah, they got rid of uh, Charleston. And, and I'm assuming that's probably similar to what I believe is going to happen to us again. I can't fully speak to it because right. we haven't heard anything definitively, but I, I think Charleston, Charleston will still be affiliated in some way. It just sounds like it won't be with the Yankees. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, keeping up with all my friends in the industry and doing this podcast – you know, I talk about it every week, and people are like, "We have no idea." Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it's yeah. kind of crazy that we're into November and there's still, and there's nothing, still no idea. That's it's, it's radio so silence, and it is. I sometimes I think people think I'm lying to them. Like I know <laughs> more than I do, and like we are. I'm pretty much know as much as anybody else does at this point. So wow, anything wow. I know is more like a. A guess than anything. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Um, so you started off as a sales associate for the Taurus back in 2014. How did you transition into the marketing department and then become the assistant GM? Um, yeah. So when I started over there, um, you know, it was really just straight sales, um, ticket sales, season ticket holder sales, group sales. And, um, I knew that that was pretty vital to being successful in minor league baseball. Uh, when I, when I worked as an intern for the Myrtle beach Pelicans, the general manager at the time, Andy Milovich, who, um, is now in Frisco. And, uh, actually I think just announced his departure from minor league baseball, which is, oh. which is crazy. But yeah. he told me it was like, sales are vital. You gotta, you gotta sell, you gotta be able to sell because you're going to sell yep. your entire life, whether it's, you're you're selling yourself a business a team doesn't matter you're going to be selling everything comes back to sales so Mm -hmm. i i pretty much after graduation looked to a sales job and finally got in nashville and a couple months in i just saw like a certain need for things so at the time for instance we didn't have an instagram account it and at the time it instagram was very new um and i don't think anybody had you know, put a lot of eggs in that basket at that point. But I was like, right. I think this one's going to stick. <laughs> um, and so I just saw a need for it. And I brought it up to our owner and he was like, nope, you're a salesperson. And then, and that, that was that. And I kind of just like, let it alone or let it be. And he came back to me the next day and said, you know what? All right, I'll make a deal with you. You get 30 minutes a day and you, those for those 30 minutes, you can grow our social media accounts. Wow. The rest of the day, you're a salesperson. I was like, deal. Check on it. He gave me some parameters and that was that. Okay. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily did anything that great, but just being consistent and sure. in posting and having a voice and communicating with our fans and, um, you know, just your average or your, excuse me, your 
your baseball fan, your, uh-huh. your minor league baseball fan. So just being able to communicate with those people on a consistent basis, I think led to a pretty good following. Um, I kind of was in the right place at, at the right time. Somebody left that year. And so at the end of my first season, at the end of 2015, um, I kind of got almost like leveraged a role in a way where it's like, we need these things done. We still need that salesperson. So that's why I was able to half the time move into a marketing role and then half the time still be in a sales role. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of went from there. I mean, I think that, I think anywhere you are, no matter the business, if there's a need and you can fulfill that need, you just can build on that and you continuously build on like the foundation of, of what you can, of the purpose you can serve for a place. Yeah. And, um, that just kind of continued to blossom. And luckily I work for great people that are, um, you know, happy to, to feed your growth. And it's just kind of worked out. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're talking about you started the Instagram account. And so I got out of baseball a year ago and I didn't realize how much freedom I had in <laughs> minor league baseball. Um, cause I was in marketing and social media and stuff as well. And I went to go work at a local state farm agency and I didn't realize it, but there are so many rules and regulations as to what I can and cannot post. Like, for instance, I I got out of baseball a year ago, and I think probably about six months ago, State Farm said, you can have an Instagram account now. And I'm like, you're so far behind the times. So far behind. It's it's ridiculous, you know? But, Mm -hmm. um, But, yeah it's minor league baseball in the world of social media is as free as a place as you can possibly be. It's awesome. And it, and it but the, the interesting thing is that it really wasn't six years ago. Right. And now it's just this like land of doing whatever you want, which is fun. Right. But go back a couple of years and people, I think people kind of forget that it was very untouched land in general for sure. any sports you had one, you, you know, you maybe threw out like your season ticket holder special in December and then the, the updates or the engagement was very few and far between at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Or people didn't see the value in it. I guess. Right. Right. And I, and I've worked for people that didn't really see the value in it or, or they wanted to watch over you like a hawk as you did everything. And that's not what social media is made to be. Um, right. it's made to be this fun out, out there thing, you know, yeah. but, it's organic and it's, yeah. it's, it's just, uh, it's a good way of communicating, communicating with people you otherwise couldn't. Right. Exactly. So what was it like working as an intern for the Boston Red Sox in their, at their spring training complex in 2014? That's where you got your start in baseball, if, if I'm correct. Um, so I actually interned the summer before that for the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Oh, okay, um, yep. At the time, were the high affiliate of the Rangers in Carolina League. So that was kind of like my, I guess, start. Uh, I went to Coastal Carolina University, so that was just down the road from us. And okay. then... Um, yeah, we at Coastal, you have to do an internship to graduate. 12 credit, full semester internship. So uh, at the end of my, of my summer, I applied for this internship. I did a couple interviews. I got it. 
and uh, I was in South Florida in Fort Myers and oddly enough my parents had just moved about 30 minutes south of there so oh, I was wow. like, oh. yeah I was like oh this is great you know I'm gonna be within 12 hours of my parents for the first time in the last five years yeah um but I ended up moving to apartment so it's like wasn't quite back home but um close close enough you can take your laundry there yeah exactly if need be um yeah so it just kind of like worked out and it was an unbelievable experience I just had the best time I learned so much I met really great people and it was the first time that I was a um I guess you could say yes I was an intern but I had a role right I had duties to fulfill every single day that wouldn't get fulfilled if it wasn't fulfilled by me. So Mm -hmm. there was like a great sense of responsibility there. And I think that was something that I kind of was craving at that point. I was ready to go, ready to be done with school, ready to be out in the workforce, so to speak. So um, that was really liberating in the sense where I felt like I finally had um, just some purpose in terms of getting up every day and going to work rather than just like getting up and going to college class and checking boxes. I get that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great. We, so I started in January and we did like fantasy baseball camp, which I don't know if I honestly, at that time, I really understood, like I'd always heard of fantasy camp. I knew what it was, but I didn't really understand the level that people take it to. And so I worked <laughs> fantasy camp and you have for the Red Sox right after they won the world series in 2013. Yep. And so everyone just, you know, psyched about it and you have a couple hundred let's say 40 plus men coming in to be treated like professional athletes for a couple days and it was just mind-blowing and you had you had players come back and um coach their teams and um I was I was a scorer for a couple of those okay. days I'm scoring games and god help you if you give a guy an error versus giving the batter yeah, who? a hit. That was, uh, there was a lot on the line there. <laughs> I've, I've done just about everything in minor league baseball. and But one thing I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole was being an official scorer. And, yeah. and I've sat next to the official scorer as they're as they're like trying to figure out what to do. And I'm just like, I have no desire to do that whatsoever i it was bad enough being the guy to take the box scores into the coach's offices right let let alone being the actual official scorer right you're the messenger (laughs) yeah exactly but better better than you than me in that instance well you know i just i did the i did the best i could and i was (laughs) like oh well that's what it looked like to me but you know what i guess this is technically unofficial if you want that you don't want that error okay right right (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was a really, like, that was, that was different and long day. Like it was, I, I think it was like four days long. Okay. Um, and it was just different events and I got to, um, I mean, I got to meet like a lot of, a couple of former players. And so that was kind of nice. cool. Um, Brett Saberhagen was like my, like, I was like his right hand that week. I, nice. I just, for some reason scored almost every game he coached. And so he was really cool and he, he bantered with me quite a bit. And then, um, gosh, we did like media day and my job on media day was to just kind of like point players down the hallway. <laughs> like there were no other doors to go through, but I was stationed in this one spot to be like, keep going that way. Right. 
keep going. There on. you go. And um, it was it was kind of like D- David Ross stopped, and he was just like, "What's your role?" And I was like, "To do this, <laughs> just point." <laughs> and he was like, "You're doing a really great job." I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> and, and he talked to me for a couple minutes. You know, where do you go to college? And um, so people were pretty like it kind of like humanized players a little bit for me, especially yeah. on that scale. Um, Dustin Pedroia came by and he was like basically my height, which I'm five two, and I'm just like you're this like, <laughs> nationally recognized infielder, and um, so that was really cool. And then basically on a game day, I just got to um, do everything pregame in terms of the on-field stuff, so national anthems, first pitches. Um, because it was right after the World Series, yeah. I got to do like the opening spring training opening day world series celebration nice i was arguably the most stressful 15 minutes of my life oh, um, sure. recognizing every single player that was associated with the roster making sure they came on the field at right at the right time they were paying attention right um, so there's a lot that went into that and then i just ran JetBlue stadium every half inning um, giving away infield giveaways on with an espn camera okay Actually, so nice. yeah, it was just uh, it was different. I don't know if I was ready for it, but <laughs> I I had to be <laughs> right, right. You never know. That's the thing. You never know if you're going to be ready for anything. That yeah, you know. And minor league baseball is just such a like anything can happen in an instant, and you you have to you have to like stop everything you're doing and and just go yeah. d- go deal with it. And, and it's yeah. incredible. But that's what, that's what keeps you on your toes. So, yeah. yeah, and I actually felt like spring training, looking back on it, really mimics minor league baseball in a lot of ways yeah. because our year-round running is a small crew that's putting everything together for games that are attended by, you know, I mean, spring training games are usually smaller, but I would say we had 20,000 people in there. I mean, and after World Series, sold out every single day. So yeah, you just, like, really have to be ready for anything it was definitely a, a rewarding in this in what I got to do, but it just opened my eyes to so much. Right. Yeah. That's that sounds incredible. So, how did it feel to be recognized as the South Atlantic League Female Executive of the Year in 2018? It, it was. It was um, pretty great. I. It was. I never anticipated it. Actually, one day I got. Called into the office, called into the owner's office, and I was just like, "Oh, what did I say to somebody?" <laughs> um, and they were just like, "Do you know? You know? Do you know?" I just like not really. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to throw myself under the bus, so I'm just gonna let you guys. Talk. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then they were they were messing with me, and they they told me they had nominated me and that I had won. And that was That's pretty awesome. great. And and honestly, like the best part for me was just hearing that they nominated me. I don't think I even really needed to win, but uh, I I love our workplace culture. It's You're expected to do your job. There aren't a lot of pats on the back, but in a good way. You know, like yeah. you're entrusted with these responsibilities and you have autonomy and you, if you're doing a great job, like, you know, do you hear that? Yes, but it's not necessary for you to feel like it. So okay. um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of our workplace culture, but then just for them to have thought enough to nominate me and, you know, yeah. write something up about me was, 
was the best part for me. Sure. Meeting was great, but the recognition from my of boss course. was cooler. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine. So I was doing some research on you, and I was deep diving into your social media um, not, but, I wasn't, know. I wasn't creeping. <laughs> I was, I was researching. So, and it seems like your dog is pretty spoiled. He lives a pretty, pretty good life as does my dog, Bo. Um, as we alluded to, as we were talking before we started recording, I take my dog to doggy daycare probably two or three days a week. Um, and he doesn't like listen that well. He's just very spoiled um yeah. my fiance and i we don't have any kids mm-hmm. he he's it um yeah. and we you know up until recently we both worked pretty crazy schedules she's she only works this crazy schedule now now i work normal hours right. but uh yeah he is very spoiled if i had to put him on a scale of one to ten he's probably a nine on nine. how spoiled he is on a scale of one to ten how spoiled is your dog I think my dog sits at a solid 12 okay. at all times, um, and I, I really didn't mean to raise him this way, <laughs> but it just happened um, because he's really cute, and he knows what he's doing with that. Yes. Um, he, Which is shocking because he's not very bright. Like, he's not the smartest dog in the world, Yeah. but when it comes to getting what he wants, he is well-equipped in that area. Yeah. Um, For instance, I actually, you know, I I read through your question last night and I woke up this morning and like my knees were killing me. I was like, why are my knees killing me? And I rolled over and I realized it's because my dog was laying diagonally across the bed. And so my legs were bent the entire (laughs) time. And (laughs) so my, my knees are hurting. Okay. Yep. And I'm like, do I move him? You know, but I don't because right. he looks really comfortable. Yes. And I don't want to disrupt his slumber. So I just continue with my knee pain. <laughs> yep. And that is, is pretty, um, that's pretty characteristic for his life. <laughs> Sound, sounds about right. Bo, Bo is, is like that as well. Bo was rescued from the SPCA. Um, while I, I don't know if you were at this same, um, conference, it was the, the video TX conference in, um, St. Louis. Oh, I know Trump. I was not there. But. Okay. So yeah, it was, um, a lot of people that work with video boards, but also social media and marketing and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was funny. I called like what, during our lunch break, I called my, she was then my girlfriend and, um, I said, I said, Hey babe, uh, what are you doing? Cause she didn't have to work that day. And, and she said, I'm at PetSmart. And I said, why are you at PetSmart? And she's like, um, I went to the SPCA and got a dog. And I was like, we had talked about getting a dog, like us going to look for one when I got back from the conference. But you didn't realize you gave permission. No, no, I did not. And um, he's a he's a beagle mix. So yes, he doesn't listen that well. He's mm-hmm. but he he is very cute and he knows how to get what he wants. So yeah, yeah. I get. I think that like I I often think this. I'm like if I ever got into like serious financial troubles, I'd probably adjust my eating habits, but 
you'd still get the same $60 bag of food. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't worry, man. $60 bag of food still uh, coming. No what? matter what. I'll scrounge cans up. What kind <laughs> of dog is he? Um, he's a lab pit mix. Okay. And, uh, with a, a slight weight issue. Um, okay. <laughs> and recently found out why we, um, we were at the vet. My fiance and I were at the vet and, the vet was like, you know, um, last time we were here, we we told you we wanted to work on Yankee's weight. She's like a pediatrician. She says the bad things with a really upbeat tone. And she was like, you know, uh, I, I told you we should probably knock off a few pounds. And you guys kind of went in the opposite direction. You know, like, so she's describing it to me. And I'm like, I get, I get it. I get what you're saying. We, we didn't do what you wanted us to do. Yeah. And um, she's like, so how much are you feeding him? And at the exact same moment. I said two cups, and my fiance said three cups. <laughs> <laughs> and then we realized we were also like possibly double feeding him because <laughs> he'd get home earlier. Yeah, feed the dog, go to bed. I get home just assuming that he didn't eat. Yeah, <laughs> so uh... he's getting five cups a day. <laughs> and she was like, "All right, I think we're at the root of our issue." Yep. Yep. Oh god! I, like, I was like, I don't know if I just went to counseling or a vet appointment, but I feel relieved. That's so funny. That's so funny. Oh man! Wow. Yeah, dogs. You know. Yep. Yep. You know, they know what they're doing. Oh gosh, that is so funny! <laughs> wow. So on that note, we're going to cut to a break, and we'll be right back with Sam Fisher right after this break. All right, welcome back, Sam. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your Sunday afternoon, bef- right before the football starts. So, <laughs> I plan I plan this accordingly. Genius. Uh, yeah. So, um, what's your craziest tart pulling story? This is the Pulling Tart Podcast. Right. Right. Um. Gosh. I don't know if I have a point. I, I might be like one of the lucky ones when I say, I don't know if I have a story that's necessarily that crazy. Uh, however, I do. We are um, a very, we, we take tarp serious if you miss it. Okay. Makes sense. If you, do you wait? Do you sleep late? You know, get ready for like 20 sets of eyes. Just be like staring a hole through your body when you show up. Sure, sure. Um, so like one of the rules is that you, if you miss tarp, um, you miss a more, you know, that, that 7 a.m. tarp pool because we don't want the grass to burn. Exactly. You bring breakfast for everyone. Like make, that, ma- that, that makes sense. It's like, honestly, if you're, if you just missed it, just don't come in. Pop a Yui and go get breakfast for everyone, and yep. you won't be quite as hated. And so um, that's kind of like it, it, it causes like a lot of tension. So it, in our office, ten, tension in the sense that like everyone's like on like okay, like can't miss it. I almost don't sleep the night before because I'm so nervous. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so 
um, we, we are almost in this bad way now where we've shot ourselves in the foot because if it's like, all right, guys, tarp, tarp's coming off the field at 7.30, not a second later. Well, everyone now shows up 15 minutes early because we're so scared to be the last one. Yeah. And we're like, you have to account for the fact that everyone might be there by 7.15. So you better be there by 7.15 because if everyone's there, or almost everyone's there, right. we're taking tarp off the field. Well, then it's like, well, if you show up at 7.20... You know, like you're, you're late. Home. Yeah. You're late, you know? And so now we're almost like everyone keeps showing up earlier. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like this awful like, domino effect. <laughs> yeah. Where we're now just like, all right, text at 730. Let's be there by 645. Like someone's <laughs> there at 645. Just out of like sheer uh, terror. That they're doing the last oh person. gosh, that sounds terrible. And we just kind of like laugh about it. We're like, we didn't have to be here until 7.30, but here we all are at 7 a.m., like, ready to go. The only thing that, like, really got me out of bed for those 7 a.m. tarp pulls yeah. was the fact that we didn't really have to be there until, like, 9 or 10. Yeah. Um, so we would all, like, go out for breakfast afterwards. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, that, yeah. that was nice. Yeah, we, like... So Asheville's funny because um, the mountains here, rain is, it's almost like living by the beach or something like that. The rain and the way it comes and it, it's very unpredictable. Uh, it could, on, like, so there is where McCormick Field is. There's a uh, multi-purpose football stadium. McCormick Field is built on the side of a cliff. Mm-hmm. So like originally. So the top, like almost above McCormick Field is this multi-purpose football stadium. And I have dead serious seen it pour rain on the football stadium and not rain on the court. Yeah. And it's just like, like you're standing on the tarp, like ready to go. Yeah. You should. And it's raining up there. It's pouring. It's not pouring. And it's a, I'm, I mean, it's our next door neighbor. So it's not, it's not like it's down the street. It's not like it's five minutes away. It is, it is a hundred feet away. Yeah. And it's just very unpredictable. So it's hard to, leave almost like we just kind of hang around like we're, we're like all right i guess at this right. point we're committed who wants to go, go grab coffee and donuts and we just kind of start our day at that point yeah that's Going breakfast sounds great yeah so that's <laughs> that's the way it is in williamsport too because william the city of williamsport is in a valley okay um so it's just surrounded by mountains and you can see it raining like in the distance yeah. And you're just like, okay, what way is the mountain going to move this cloud? And is yeah. it is it going to come over the field or not? And, like, you're just, like, watching it out in the distance. Yeah, it's... Yes. And for us, like, minor league baseball people, that's a very stressful moment in time. Yeah. You know, do you gamble and leave it off? Do you throw it on? It's all a gamble, really. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, going back to your question, I don't really have any crazy tarp pool. Like, the craziest ones to me are when... We didn't see the rain coming. It came out of nowhere because, again, the mountains, like, just happen sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, 75% of the staff is dropping off tickets or out at lunch or oh, whatever. Yeah. And then there's six of us there and we have to push the tarp that's been soaked, you know, sitting sitting in water. And we got to get this tarp out and you're just, it's like the most you'll ever exert yourself Yeah. in, in, in 10 minutes. And those to me are just like... You get off those and you're like, I don't know how we just did that, but we did it, and I, let's call it. I think the uh, fewest amount of people I've pulled tarp with is four, 
And I had to do that on a regular basis in Beloit my last my last couple years there. Um, And that was like especially like during the day before like any of like your game day staff members show up or anything like that. It's absolutely terrible. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. (laughs) I don't wish that on anybody. And it's like those those ones where you're with. I think mine's like five or six. I think my my love and that's just it's it's awful before a game because then like. I, as a female, like, I can't go shower in the umpire's room True. or in the clubhouse. Or like, I'm committed to my day at that point. So I have, like, turfus in my hair and dirt in my hair, and I'm just like, all right, I guess I'm, <laughs> I've, I'm here. <laughs> I've, so, like, and, and this isn't by design or anything like that, but there just really aren't that many females that work in minor league baseball. In yeah. the front offices that I've been in, there's usually been one maybe two um full full time staff members at least yeah. that are that are female and i'm just like without even like hesitating i'll be in my cubicle and they'll say like all right we got to go out to the tarp and i'll and i'll change into my basketball shorts and t-shirt and stuff like that and i just strip down and like yeah. and then but like I, I'm, I've always been like, oh man, I don't know what I would do if I was a female. Like, and I couldn't, couldn't yeah. do this, you know. It's it's like at some points it definitely presents its challenges. Like oh, I remember sure. when I was this is probably TMI. I don't even know if you should use this, but like <laughs> this is like such a minor league baseball thing right now. But I, my first year, like I would have an oversized T-shirt on. Like, just so I could change underneath it. Like, that oh. my, tarp, my tarp here was always, in case the bathroom was, like, taken. Yeah. Because, like, again, God forbid you're late to tarp or True. Like, you don't get something done. So, it's like, I'm getting some oversized t-shirt that goes down to my knees <laughs> just in case I have to, like, camp change underneath it. All right. <laughs> That's innovative. I, like, I mean, it was, I like, like a real thought in my mind. It was a thought process that I went through, like, okay. Like, T-shirt can change underneath it. Makes sense. <laughs> so you do a lot with uh, the tourist social media accounts as well. Mm-hmm. What? So, and this could, this could get kind of risque, possibly, <laughs> I don't know. But what's the best comment or message that you've seen on a tourist social media account? That we've received from somebody? Yes. Oh, there's a, there's a lot of good ones. Um, yeah, I'm sure. So, gosh, I don't know where to take this. Um, so Asheville, we're at the Asheville Tourists. Yep. And largely confused with the Asheville Tourism Center. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've been the Asheville Tourists since 1915. So we're not the Asheville Tourists because there is tourism in Asheville. That's a huge misconception. That I will I will die on the hill of explaining that to people probably for the rest of my life. All but, right. Anyway, so so this contributes to like a lot of confusion. We get calls all the time. Oh, you know, we're coming to Asheville. I'm like, great. Here's our game information. And they're like, anything else to do? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> so like our our the Asheville like the visitors center number is actually on our like staff directory, so we can give it to people when they call. Nice. Us. Um, so anyway, just painting a picture for you, but. We, on Twitter, we get a lot of complaints about the city of Asheville's, um, you know, infrastructure as it applies to parking. Okay. And so this 
this guy went on this like Twitter rant about our parking, you know, Asheville parking's terrible, blah, 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 blah. But he's complaining to at go tourists, which is us. And, um, and I can't take credit for this one, but my, our, our owner just tweeted back, like, sir, this is a baseball team. This was like a year or two ago. And that was like, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, I like it. And it like went viral. <laughs> and this guy like ended up like deleting his tweet. I kind of felt bad because he was like, people were just like, come on, dude. Like it was almost like a Karen moment, I think. Yeah. But Things like that happen all the time where people are just, your streets suck, um, and it's like a city built in the mountains. So it's like, yeah, our streets, they're not like, great. Of course, yeah. You know, so those are always super fun because then people are just like, oh, like, you're not, you're not the city. Um, and then we, my, I think my all-time favorite, though, was actually a Google review that we got. Oh, nice. Um, one star, naturally. Oh. And it was because it was hot. Oh, um, my gosh. Just, yeah. said, just said one star, it was hot. <laughs> yeah, because we can prevent that, yeah. I was just like, you know, there are outside elements when you go to an outdoor sporting event. Right. And, you know, that's one we can't control, but sure, leave a business you know, one star for the weather. Oh, gosh. Yeah, people, people are animals online. And animals. And this last year hasn't made it any better, like the pandemic and the election. Right. Like, sometimes the, well, unfortunately, that like info at the com comes to my email. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I, I, I get a lot of like prime emails. I just kind of archive when I'm, like, I have a folder on my desktop of just like when I need to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and nice. I just save them and they're just like, that's. I'm going to use that. I'm going to need that one later. Oh man. That's, that's funny. Um, one of the other guests from the podcast, um, Nathan Believa, he's the broadcaster for the Peoria chiefs. I asked him that same question and he said, you would be shocked, um, about how many people, like when Patrick Mahomes like throws a touchdown, how many people tag the Peoria chiefs and, or if, like, they, you know, if he throws an interception or whatever. And he's like, and it's really strange because the word Peoria is in our handle. So I don't understand how they're making this mistake. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Well, and me too. I mean, I'm not, so I, I can't speak to this, I guess, completely because I'm not, I have a poor experience somewhere. I don't take to Twitter right. to, like, air out my grievances. I just normally, like, hey, just a heads up, you know, like. Because I work in customer service. Sure. Uh, but just the amount of people that take to uh, Twitter or Facebook to really just air out anything that they feel, you know, maybe yeah. someone wants to it's it's kind of mind-blowing. And yeah. It, it makes me have a real love-hate with social media. Oh, yeah. For that reason. And just like the, I mean, even in the pandemic, you know, the nasty emails I've gotten I've showed them to people and they're just like, you get this on a daily basis. Someone pretty much every other day, someone emails us calling us some kind of insane name because we, you know, to ask you that you wear a mask in and they don't realize yeah. like, all these extenuating circumstances for us. It's like, put aside whatever you feel. If one of our staff members, 
you know, contracts COVID-19, like we're shut down for two weeks. Oh yeah. We can't make money for yeah. those two weeks. And we already aren't making our money. Yeah. You you're, know, you're not making a lot of money. Yeah. Right. So it's like there, it's not just about you. And that is something that's really been interesting over the last couple of years. And this was, this is obviously like a more unique situation, but just the way like the ownership that people feel like they have into your, like to your accounts and to your social media spaces is a little weird. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I've actually recently taken to Twitter. So um, I've always said that I would get rid of my Facebook if I didn't have to have it for work. Mm-hmm. Um, but so <laughs> I got locked out of my Facebook account mm-hmm. and I can't get back in. Somebody hacked it. I had to change the password. They, they said like, you need to get a code from an authentication app. I did that. Still didn't work. So I had to like submit like a request to Facebook and I've <laughs> I've recently took to Twitter and tagged Facebook's Twitter account which yeah. is ironic and I'm just like any way I can get back into my Facebook they have literally not responded but I yeah. would say if um if I had to get locked out of my Facebook this last week would probably be the best <laughs> yeah <laughs> what a blessing that would be. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I can't do I can't do anything for work on our social media accounts. Yeah. Well the funny thing is I can post from our Instagram and push it to our Facebook, but I can't log into my Facebook. Uh, so I'm like, well then what's the point of me being locked out? But anyways. That's you I agree with you. I would I would probably only have a Twitter and an Instagram if um if I didn't have to have a Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. I can't stand it. I'm, I don't know. I just don't like it. And Twitter's just so much fun. Twitter's and awesome. Instagram's just mostly pictures. So like sign yeah. me up for that book to read. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's just that another easier. <laughs> yeah. And, and we met quote unquote met or interacted with each other on Twitter. And now this yeah. episode's going to come out. So yeah. Twitter is the most fun for finding new friends. Yeah, absolutely. And you can you can gear the news and stuff that you're going to get from Twitter. Oh, um, absolutely. Unlike Facebook, so. And you just see the most creative people come out of the Very true. <laughs> Very true. So, um, we dove into the social media aspect, but what's the worst or best, depending on how you look at it? interaction with a fan that you've had oh you know i actually have a spreadsheet uh, like a, a, a google sheets page and um every tab on the bottom of it is a year and they correlate to a year that i've been working in my like baseball and it's just like the weird or funny things that have gone on yeah during each year um and so there's a lot because I document them like as I go and I don't, cause I don't like to forget. And, um, gosh, they're like, there's just weird ones. Like somebody trying to bring in an emotional support hedgehog. Like that's just weird. I don't know, you know, <laughs> what, what they're you, cute. In your head, you thought that I would, someone would be like, yeah, no, come on in. Yeah. But, I just, you know, I don't know if our insurance covers that. So I'm going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. 
know, there's just like weird ones like that. There's the worst ones are usually the ones where um, I get flack from like a customer or something the, simply because I'm female. Like, and you know it, and it's 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 very blatant and obvious. Right. And um, like that just this past year, our owner had to jump in at one point and be like. You know, because I said, I'm like, you know, I'm happy to, to get my boss. My boss is our owner. And no, 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 I don't want you to trouble that person. And it was very clear that he didn't want, he didn't like the answers coming out of my mouth because I wasn't male. Like, right. I, I'm not trying to die on that hill, but there are certain situations that's pretty clear and obvious. And um, so, like, no, 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 I'm happy to get him. I went and, and, I, and I got him. And he was, like, he doesn't stand for that, and I'm very appreciative of that. And so he was just like, I mean, you're not going to get a different answer from me than you got from her. So just, you know, don't be that guy. Right. Uh, So those are the worst ones. Like, those are the ones that there's there's no winning. There's, you know, you just kind of walk into the stalemate of two sides not moving. Yeah. Um, And then, like, the best ones are... Gosh, like, okay, so this is, like, less of a, this is just, like, a minor, minor like, baseball story, but not, like, a yes. client story, but last, uh, so McCormick Field is very small, Fourth, we seat 4,000, maybe 4,200 standing room only. Okay. Um, our front gate is situated kind of down the right field line, and it's close enough to where we're really in foul territory, like, where the front gate is. Okay. During the game, not that big of an issue from a fan standpoint because everyone's in their seats. Mm-hmm. But for us staff members, it can be like, you know, a um, very hazardous area to stand. But I still have to be there. I have to be by customer service. And right. this summer I got hit by a foul ball. I was like head turned and talking to somebody and just like clunk in the back Ooh. of the head. It was like... Yeah. You, you think that a ball that comes up hot, like people, I think you don't realize, I don't know if I realize, like it still comes down pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> for sure. And so I get hit in the back of the head and like I go down and I'm like, I, I didn't like black out and just seeing stars kind of like a little disoriented. Okay. Um, and anyway, like EMT comes over, whatever, that all happens. A couple days later, maybe like a week later, I get engaged and the next day my interns come into my, my office and I love interns. Like, I am the number one fan of interns. I just think they're funny. The things that they come up with are just unbelievable. They are, yeah. At times, like, it's great. And they come in, and they're like, we're so happy for you. We're so excited for you. Like, we got you something. And I'm like, oh, like, you guys didn't have to do that. Like, you know. So they put this gift down on my desk, and it's a baseball in a case, in, like, a plastic case. And I'm like, Thanks, guys. Like, great gift. <laughs> and I come to find out, they're like, no, it's the one. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, it's the one that hit you. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so I, they go through this whole story. They saw this guy, after the ball hit me, run after the baseball. So they tracked him down in the stadium. And were like, you need to give that back to us. <laughs> And they waited for the perfect moment. That's so funny. To present it to me. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> and it was accompanied by a little note that said, we're really glad you didn't die. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Still on my desk to this day. Nice. 
<laughs> but it is like the, the best, I think the best moment in the last six years where like, I just can't help but laugh every single time I look at it. <laughs> That's can't so believe funny. they like harbored this baseball that some random guy picked up and like, like now is the moment to give her yeah. when she's engaged. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so funny. That's yeah, the best that, engagement gift ever. I, I mean, say. what else would you want? You exactly. know? Exactly. Um, <laughs> so you alluded to like people giving you attitude or whatever just because you're a female. So, and I talked about, you know, how I would imagine how difficult being a female working in minor league baseball is. So I have since turned the. The other foot, I guess I would say. So went from working in minor league baseball, which is mostly male oriented, um, you know, a few females here and there. And now I work at a local state farm office and I am the only man that works there. Mm. Um, so she's on the other foot. <laughs> yeah, she was on the other foot for sure. And there, <clears throat> there are a lot of people. I get thrown under the bus because they'll be like, well, that man was supposed to send me this form. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm the only man here, so I guess that's me, you know? That's me. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it is, it was, it's a lot different. And most of them are all um, moms. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're yeah. all moms. So that, And I'm not a dad, so it's just like, <laughs> man, I... Whew, how, it, many, how many marks down can you go? Yeah, it is... <laughs> It is kind of crazy, honestly. So, so I don't, yeah, I don't it, envy it. Yeah, it's it's you know it's not too bad, and sometimes it's funny. Like, and I, sometimes I appreciate it almost. I I guess I look like young, which I'm very thankful for. I'm almost thirty years old, and I'm still. People are like, "Oh, are you a college intern? And where do you go to school?" And <laughs> that's I'm awesome. Like, no. <laughs> Um, but I'll, I'll take that. It's like getting ID, you know, like, yeah. all right, let's keep this going. Yeah. Um, and, but it's, there are certain times you notice it and it's kind of like almost just ingrained in people's heads. Like I'm standing next to a male, um, it, unless it's our GM or owner, like in that situation, I'm, I'm probably the manager or the supervisor. Right. And, but the customer will always go to the male first. Yeah. Hey, what, what do I do with this? And they'll be like, oh, I don't know. Ask Ask her, yeah. I don't think people do it rudely in those situations. Yeah. I think it's just like almost programmed. You just need to wear like a shirt that says like boss lady on it or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something from, like flag. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so again, diving deep into your social media, you alluded to it earlier. You have a second job at a brewery. I do. Do you have the best two jobs that anybody could have? I mean, I guess I'm biased, but I do feel like I have two great jobs. Um, Although I often get asked why I do have two jobs, and I just love working. I love the service industry. Like I am its biggest fan. I think it's you just see the craziest nuances in people. Mm-hmm. Um, but also working at a brewery is just really fun, especially in a tourist destination. You just, there are people all from all walks of life and from everywhere that you get to. Right. But, also yeah. your dog needs the expensive food. So. Well, obviously that, right. that plays a part in it. <laughs> and, and I would imagine at both jobs, you know, sparingly you could it's free beer. 
Yep. So, um, the brewery that I work at, that I work at, Shameless Plug, Catawba Brewing Company. Um, they're great. And yeah, we get to like take home a six pack after every shift. And um, that's awesome. It's just great. Yeah. I, uh, big, big fans of theirs. They make great beer. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so what's the, your favorite promotion that you've been a part of over the years? Um, you guys have had some good ones. um, There's kind of, there's, man, there's a couple that really like jump out for me. Um, we, came up with this beer city tourist concept back in 2016, I think. I mean, that's when we like unveiled, unveiled it or, um, but you know, we'd been kind of in talks about it for a while and it was prior to the whole, like change your name to a food thing or, um, a drink thing. And so we felt pretty good about the fact that we were kind of before that. And I don't want to say we like started that, but Um, everything kind of started to trend that way. So changing our name to beer city tourists for uh, one time every single year. And we do Jersey auctions and different hats. Um, like the logo is pine glass. I'm actually wearing like the 2020 version of it. Oh, nice. Here it says total buzzkill underneath. That it is. (laughs) And so like that one, that's a pretty like proud one just because of the success that it, it's garnered and, um, how into it people are. And God, we can't keep, Beer City merchandise on the shelf. So okay. that one's been a really fun one. Um, we did a, for the 30th anniversary of um, Old Durham, which the ending of the movie was filmed at McCormick Field. Yeah. Craft Davis gets um, uh, released from the Durham Bulls. And so we asked the tourists to pick him up, and he's the catcher for, you know, this this cinematic moment at the end of Old Durham. And he hits his 247th home run. and you know, Annie Savoy says that the sporting news didn't even acknowledge it and whatever. So instead of doing like the 30th anniversary of the movie, we did like a Crash Davis appreciation night where we honored his 247th home run. Nice. Um, we got the sporting news to write an article. Ryan Fagan wrote an article as if they had covered it. Okay. Back then. Yeah. Um, and we put in it, we did like a game day program with it and it, nice. it just was awesome. We did That's it for Bobblehead. Cool. It got picked up by ESPN, Jimmy Kimmel when he had Costner on the show. Yeah. Um, so that one, like just the amount of, we put a ton of effort into it too, but just the organic love for celebrating this fictional character. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Was just unreal and just a, a different spin on celebrating the anniversary of the movie. So yeah. That one was great. We actually printed a Davis jersey with the number 16 on the back. We had a catcher wear at that game, all games. So. Nice. Very cool. It was cool. pretty fun. Yeah. We had a good time. So cool. those those two really jump out. Um, and then, like, I, I run our internship program. And so every year I have them try and put together a couple promotions. Yeah. <clears throat> um, just, like, a fun thing for them to do. Sometimes we can put them into play. Sometimes we can't. It just kind of depends. Right. Uh, this last year, and a couple people did something similar, but it was the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 landing nice. on the moon. Yep. Our mascot's Mr. Moon. So yep. um, they put together a couple of promotions. We narrowed it down to one, and then I was like, put together a presentation. And we they presented to the owner with a budget and everything 
that needed to go into this promotion. They shot a video for it and they really brought it to life. They did an incredible job. Nice. And we only, I think, promoted it for like two or three weeks. We sold out. We did um, wow. like a Pop Rocks liquor drink where like there's literally Pop Rocks in your drink. Nice. Which was, we didn't really like <laughs> think that one fully ahead because once you pour alcohol in, and like the rocks are going off. So hey, that's like, cool though. The people loved it. Like we sold yeah. out. We did um, do you remember like astronaut ice cream? It's like that. Like if you ever went on like a field trip, to, Dippin' Dots. No, so if you ever went on a field trip to like a science center, they have astronaut ice cream, and it's a freeze dried ice cream. Okay. And so it's in like a package, and um, it doesn't melt or anything like that. And so we put it in like our sundae. And Ooh. so we did like an astronaut ice cream Sunday, like sold out of those. That's cool. Few minutes, like yeah, they just they did a really incredible job, and that one for me is kind of like a proud mama bear moment when you're yeah. like, oh, what? like you guys invested, like you went all in, you all bought in. And so that one from like for a from a personal reason is special to me. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. A success story of one of my interns was um, so his girlfriend was a big fan of The Bachelor. <clears throat> and um, come to find out, the guy that was the... The guy that was on The Bachelor... Or, or no. So he was on The Bachelorette. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, he was... Yeah, so he was on The Bachelorette. And he was, like, down to, like, the last, like, three or four, like, finalists. And come to find out, he had played for the Beloit Snappers. Oh, wow. Um, Like, one season, he was on the same team that, like, Prince Fielder and Ricky Weeks were on. And, like... Didn't didn't pan out for him. He was. I think he was. I think he was a first around, first or second rounder um, from the Brewers, but didn't pan out. I think he ended up quitting and he went to go play football. His brother was the quarterback at Georgia, um, okay. so his name his name was Josh Murray, and so. Oh, I don't watch The Bachelor, but that name. Yeah. So so he he ended up winning the whole thing, but like we did like a josh murray like appreciation night and and like it didn't sell out or anything but it did get some like national coverage um so and like we had like um um like a scavenger hunt like with like different roses like throughout the ballpark and stuff like that and um yeah, and we, we like, inquired about them, like, coming to visit the stadium, but that was going to cost too much money. But, like, we had some people, like, tell some stories about him playing there. And, yeah. and like, we wrote, like, pretty cool press release and did some stuff on social media. So it was interesting. Yeah, you don't always have to sell out for something yeah. to, for a promotion to be successful, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's so. Great. I also read in your social media that, that you're a big foodie. Love food. I mean, who doesn't, really? I mean, <laughs> that, that's probably one of my biggest issues in life is that I love food too much. Same. Yeah. Same. But, um, so what's your favorite concession item at McCormick Field? Um, there's a couple, man. Like, I don't really like to discriminate against any type of food. I love them all. I, we have a great Italian sausage and 
I grew up in Jersey, so sauerkraut, spicy mustard. Oh, yeah. Like, your girl's happy. Um, but we also have a really great Philly cheesesteak, which is, like, kind of out of left field. I don't know. You know, I don't think Asheville's necessarily known for its Philly cheesesteak no. uh, beginnings. But, um, yeah, we do a good job of it at McCormick Field. So okay. those are, like, my go-to meals. But yeah. um, we do also do deep-fried meat pies. And Ooh, that sounds good. pretty difficult to say no to. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, Philly cheesesteak is my favorite food of all time. Um, being a guy, right? Yeah. Being from Pennsylvania. Um, and yeah, you'd be surprised. So like I moved to Wisconsin and like, you know, they're really big into cheese out there and you cannot get a good Philly cheesesteak out there. Um, but now I'm in Delaware and you can you can get a good cheesesteak here. Close enough. Yeah, close enough. Um, but I would be interested in trying in trying the one at McCormick Field. They're they're pretty good, and I mean sometimes I feel like you know it's all about who's who's making it. But yeah, um, I think overall true. we've got a we've got a good thing going on. I would definitely try the deep fried moon pie, and then I would have just imagined that you have a ton of beers on tap. Um, we have over thirty beers on tap. That's awesome. So, um, I don't know if you know this, but the um, actual tourists have the trademark to Thirsty Thursday. It began. I at did know Field. that. Yeah. Yep. So it began at McCormick Field in the eighties. Um, so we've got it on our wall in our office. And so Thirsty Thursday is like a staple in the city of Asheville. Sure. Um, I mean, obviously, I want people to come to any single night at McCormick Field. But something that's like so embedded in this place, like that's, right. it's special to have. Thursday, Thursdays, you know, packed out every single time. Yeah, yeah. But that's... yeah, so we beer, beer is a big thing here, and we oh, partner sure. with a ton of breweries. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, def- McCormick Field's definitely on my list of places to go for sure. Yeah, my and you're... oh, sorry. My, no, I was just saying. My the problem is getting my fiance on board to go to baseball games. She's she's not the sporty type. Um, here, here, here's my biggest pitch. I think that you can absolutely hate sports and still have a great time in McCormick Field. Okay, I am, I am the biggest proponent of that. All right, perfect. Um, so you'll have to bring her. And also, McCormick Field is located in downtown Asheville. Yep. So you can go to like a couple breweries beforehand. Yeah. Get her a few dinner, then bring her over for some deep fried meat pies. All right. She she can probably get down with that, honestly. So. <laughs> Um, so we do have a listener question, um, and I put it out on my, on my Twitter, um, before I record with my guests, but, um, you can always leave a voicemail or text, um, questions in to 202-796-TARP. Mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I chose that number strategically. So, 202-796-TARP. Um, so, this is, question is from Mike Ellers, um, P-U-K-3-2-Ellers on Twitter. Okay. Um, and it sounds like you've met him before. So, my question for Sam is, in a year that has been so awful for minor league baseball especially, mm-hmm. what are some good things that have happened this year for you and the Taurus? 
Also, thanks for giving my brother and I a tour of McCormick Field this year. You are a great tour guide, and I can't wait to see a game there someday. Um, yes, I do remember. I uh, They came down, and I did a tour, face mask up, obviously, but sure. always happy to stay McCormick Field around the people that have never been, because I do feel like it's a little piece of history, um, especially if you're a big, just general baseball fan. But Right. Um, man, gosh, there are... Are a couple things I'm, I'm really proud of. Um, proud of the way that everybody on staff bought in to making whatever we had to work, work. Right. With, um, you know, limited resources in, in the sense that, like, you know, we can't do what we can normally do with large crowds at a stadium. Mm-hmm. So everyone being willing to jump in the mascot and doing socially distanced birthday visits where we shoot a t-shirt out of the gun just to you you know like yeah people buying into those kinds of things was really important for us and again i, I told you earlier I, I think we just had an incredible staff this year and it's a shame that we didn't get to you know do what we were supposed to do in the normal of course sense, but yeah the fact that everyone could buy into a greater goal is just it's just something you can't not be proud of um and then you know, just the way every, we, we all adapted, I mean, even going down to four staff members, they're, they're great. I mean, my coworkers are great people. And the things that we've done, like restaurants on the field and uh, trivia nights at McCormick Field, we did a family trivia where we had, like, we got to, like, roast s'mores on, like, the picnic table during it. Okay. Just, like, coming up with creative ways to get people out safely and, right. um, and, and for a good time. And so um, those, those are things, just, just the, the, the pivot. I don't know if you're a Friends fan, but pivot. Oh, yeah. Just, like, it was like the, year, the ultimate year of pivoting. And <laughs> uh, I think everybody did a great job at it. But obviously, being an actual, I have a great sense of pride of seeing that um, come to life. Okay, perfect. Pivot, pivot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so where can the listeners find you on social media, Sam? Um, well, my in, uh, Twitter, I mean, if you're down for probably some bad jokes, um, of course, and double underscore Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R, a little spin on spelling that last name. Um, and then I don't even know what my Instagram handle is. That's so bad because I'm super active on it. I couldn't um, find you. So you're going to oh, have to let me know. It's the same thing. How did oh, I know that? Okay. It's Sam double underscore Fisher. Okay. F-I-S-C-H-E-R. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All so, right. yeah, if you want um, bad jokes, pictures of my dog, and maybe some food, that's, All right. that's, that's a good place to uh, to find me. All right. I'm going to go follow you right after this. Perfect. So that... be number 840. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and you'll, you'll see plenty of pictures of Bo as well and how spoiled well, he is. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Of course. I did... I actually was thinking about your dog question a little bit more, and mm-hmm. I and I realized also that I, I think I joined a statistic of people that of millennials, I believe, uh, that bought houses so their dogs had more space. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I didn't mention that. That might be the pillar <laughs> of being spoiled. <laughs> so we live in a townhouse, and we've talked about building or buying a house yeah. with, within the next couple of years um mm-hmm. basically for the sole purpose that Bo can have a yard yeah. to run yeah. around in so you can open the door yep let them out and just have they can have themselves a good time absolutely 
<laughs> so I don't know if you've listened to any other episodes. I have. Okay. I actually think I listened to your very first one, like, right when it came out as well. Oh, perfect. That, I, I don't know if I saw it on LinkedIn or something like that, but, yep, long-time okay. listener, first-time interviewee. All right, awesome. <laughs> so you know how I end each episode with the same question. What's the best walk-up or warm-up song you've heard during your time in minor league baseball, and whose was it? So... You know, I actually, I said this question to my fiance earlier, and he, or I was reading them off to him, and he was like, oh, yeah, like, this is such a great question. He's all, he became a baseball fan because of me. Like, he's a big sports fan of baseball. Okay. He didn't really, like, watch until we met. Mm-hmm. And so he's loves, like, players walk-up songs. He thinks yeah. it's just, like, he, um, he just thinks they're, like, the most interesting things about the guys. And um, I do, too, yeah. And you know how it is. You have to, like, all the songs have to be clean and not have any, like, bad words, you know. So he always, like, laughs at um, the ones where it's, you clearly can hear the, the change from, like, um, like not being clean to clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were just kind of laughing about that. And I was like, man, I actually have a really hard time thinking of, like, who's I love. But we um, – I, I, one player a couple years ago – I was on the way to a mascot appearance and I don't know, I had like some serious XM station on in my car and it was like throwback R and B hip hop. And yes. like, you know, being a little bit older than these guys, obviously like they're hadn't heard some of these songs. And mm-hmm. so, um, T-Pain was on. Yes. Big T-Pain fan. Yeah, yeah. And, um, he was just like joking at me. He's like, Oh, it's like, you, you know what? You pick my next walk up song. And I was like, game, let's go. Let's do it, yeah. <laughs> so I picked, I don't know if you remember the song Church by T-Pain. Yes. But he, he, I think it was in like one of the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift movies. I say I think, it was. I yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so yeah, I picked the song Church by T-Pain. The most <laughs> underrated Fast and Furious movie. The most underrated Fast and Furious movie. I, I love that movie, actually. I know. Tyler, ultimate hero. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, so he let me pick it, and there's like, you know, you obviously know the song, so there's a lot of clapping in it. Yep. And that came like a, a fan fave for a little while nice. there. Nice. So. Um, I had a lot of fun with that one, and then, yeah, I, I think that's probably, probably my favorite. All right, perfect. So we'll ride out with uh, Church by T-Pain. <laughs> And thank you so much, Sam, for taking the time to come on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Yeah, this was really fun. I I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know what it is. Okay. Okay. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media. Igniting conversation.